Safety, dependability, and power. Chevy Silverado isn't happy unless the work is hard and the day is long. No wonder Silverado is America's number one best-selling retail pickup truck. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com and put a Silverado in your toolbox. Right, many forget the true meaning of Christmas, which celebrates the birth of Jesus. And it's always a good time to take a moment and be grateful for what you have in your life and those who are nearest and dearest to you. Our tradition on WGN is to invite Cardinal Blaise Supich, who serves over 2.4 million Catholics in Chicago for a festive conversation. And this year, His Eminence invited us to his home for a holiday chat. Merry Christmas to you, Colonel Supich. Dave, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you for the hospitality. I, I do need my cocktail freshened up a little bit, if that's all right. That's quite all right. Uh, <laughs> ginger ale is, uh, I think, is very intoxicating. It can be. It can be. Uh, what a beautiful place this is. It's been around since the 1800s? Yes, it's about 140 years old. So this Queen Anne-style mansion was built in the late 1800s? That's right. And every cardinal has lived here full-time, except for you. I think when I came here, uh, Cardinal George uh, was living here, and he was in failing health. And it was, I think, uh, important for him to be able to stay here. And so then I said, well, I'll just move to the cathedral rectory. And I liked it so much there. There are 10 of us who are living there. And I'm two blocks from the office, so I decided just to stay there as well. So you use this for events like we just saw, the, a seminarian uh, party. Right, party. exactly. And yes, we have a number of events every year. And uh, then uh, the late Bishop uh, Ray Geddert lived here. Uh, he was this, uh, uh, He died this, uh, this past month. And uh, we have t- uh, another bishop and also uh, a priest who is living here as well. Okay, very good. So I read that Pope John Paul II uh, stayed here when he visited Chicago in 1970. 1970- 79, and President Franklin D. Roosevelt also stayed here. Any other notable figures that you can remember? Uh, those two come to mind as I uh, look back in history, and I think that's uh, that at least uh, refreshes my memory that those are the two uh, uh, more notable individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think you know we've had I've had other uh, cardinals and uh, others uh, 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 notable individuals. Uh, of course, my five sisters would say that they are also notable, and, and <laughs> but uh, that uh, I'll, I'll leave that I'll leave that to the other sure. speculation. Okay. So <laughs> okay, all right. Um, yeah, it's just a beautiful place. I mean, it's great to entertain in here. What room are we sitting in right now? This is a sacristy. It's right off from the main chapel. Okay, okay. And there's 19 chimneys here, so there must be fireplaces there. Everywhere. There are. In fact, uh, my nieces and nephews, when they first came here, found out that there were all these chimneys, and they said, so where do you uh, put the milk and cookies for Santa Claus? <laughs> yeah, right. And I said, well, I cover all the bases. <laughs> do you? Just we put case. them all over the place here. <laughs> I, like I, I just I like don't that. want to uh, be left behind yeah, by Santa. Not. You know. Of course. Of course not. Of course not. Um, this week, uh, you know, it was very monumental in the Catholic Church. You issued this declaration, fiducius supplicants. Is that correct? Supplicants, yeah. Huh? Uh, which, you know, will help many in our community of Catholic faith feel closer to God in the church. A, a call for pastors to take a pastoral approach to being available to people who recognize the need for God's help and presence in their lives. And it really began with the Pope and the blessing of same-sex couples that happened earlier this week. Well, and I think that's what's important to understand is that the Holy Father is telling clerics that when people come to us uh, for a blessing, take for granted that they're motivated by their own need for God's assistance in their life, 
but also that there is something good in their life that's happening that should be encouraged to flourish. And so that's what a blessing is about. He wanted to make sure that people understood that by a person receiving a blessing, it doesn't legitimize necessary relationship, but what it does is it prays that God's help come to that person, but also the good that's already there flourish. And that's a big step for the Catholic Church. I think it's a, it's a, it's really in keeping with the way that Pope Francis has led the church from the very beginning. Um, he has he has had this attitude that we are there to help uh, bring people closer to God, and we should not be obstacles uh, in any way to God's grace. Women in the church is also a big issue. I know the Pope had appointed women to the Roman Curia. Women deacons, will we see that soon? Because I, I note in, in a periodical that you talked about other bishops that they have women serving as pastors or heads of communities because some areas just don't have enough priests. Well, the Pope has really made strides in, in uh, making sure that women are put in leadership positions in the life of the church. He's done that in the Holy See for different offices. But I think uh, what's really important is that we make sure that we look at the question of uh, ordination of women for the diaconate within the terms of what are the needs of the church today, what are what is historically in keeping with our tradition, um, and making sure that we don't uh, just make a decision in order to uh, give people, uh, give women a, a standing in the church. I think we, we should go beyond that. So I think that uh, I've always believed that we should make sure that we get the right people in the right places. Will married priests ever be considered? Well, we have married priests already in the Eastern Church and also in the Latin Church. There are are those who uh, came from other uh, denominations of the Christian faith who were leaders in their own communities as ministers, as pastors, and have decided to come in, and they've been ordained and they're married. We have in the Eastern Churches as well. So I think that what's important to keep in mind is how do you make sure that the good of the church and the faithful is preserved? when there is a need, but also to recognize that there is a value in the celibate life. You know yourself from the pastors that you've had in your own parish. To have that singular focus of dedicating their life to the people of God is quite, uh, I think, a, a powerful message to people that somebody is there for them. And uh, and the, those who step forward and want to serve that church in that way should really be respected. So I, I believe that, you know, however this goes, we can't lose the value of those who uh, are dedicating their entire life to the service of God's people. And you're, and you're really in that position. You're a leader of hundreds of families, thousands of families in a parish. And to be available 24-7 when needed, that really does speak to that, doesn't it? It does, and I think that uh, that is reciprocated by the people of God, the way that they uh, uh, receive uh, a priest in their in their parish and support uh, and love their priest. Uh, I'm amazed time and time again, how, m- the number of times that I go to some place, how many people tell me they really love their priest yeah. and they're supportive of them. And th- so that there is a reciprocity in that relationship. And there's a lot to say to see how many seminarians and those thinking about the priesthood were here for a party. Today. Yes, we, we had a good number and we need to, I, I believe that young people today have an aspiration of wanting to serve. I, I was at an event uh, the other night and I told these guys too that they should keep in mind that a life of serving others uh, is not a burden but an honor. Absolutely.
Absolutely. And then they're going bowling after this. They're going bowling after that, and they wanted me to go bowling. And I said, no, I'd rather be with Dave. <laughs> Is that what you said? <laughs> okay, well, I appreciate I'm that. I'm paying you. <laughs> I appreciate that. What are your plans for this holiday weekend? Well, Emma, it's good to uh, be able to see you and Josh again. Uh, we've done this over a number of years, and I've seen how you've grown and flourished in so many different ways. So, uh, here it is, uh, right before Christmas. Uh, today was a full day. I had a number of meetings. We just had uh, our seminarians and those uh, who are looking at uh, coming to the seminary with us this afternoon. I have uh, a couple of uh, appointments this afternoon. Uh, tomorrow, uh, again, is a- another full day uh, in which I uh, uh, visit uh, uh, a number of uh, our elderly priests, I also have a visit scheduled for Lurie Hospital. I usually go there uh, on Christmas Eve. And then I get ready. I have a midnight mass and then mass at Cook County Jail at 9 o'clock. And then I stay for uh, lunch with uh, the, the inmates who are there. And a power nap at some point? And right after that, I come back and I collapse <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, yeah. and I try to recoup. But no, it's, it's a great time. I, I, I'm just blessed with high energy to be able to meet the demands that are there. Uh, but really, from Thanksgiving on until Christmas, uh, every day has been just sound. jammed. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, do you get a Christmas dinner in there somewhere? Maybe Christmas night? Yes, uh, I, I, I'm planning on that, but uh, oh, we're at the residence where I lived at the cathedral, or there are 10 of us, we had it the other day. Oh, gotcha. So uh, I can't have too many of those, otherwise I'll have to be buying new suits. So, <laughs> Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, so the church to me, attending weekly Mass has always been a place of peace, and it needs to continue to be a place of peace where we can bring people together because, you know, holidays are difficult for some people and some families, um, but finding peace with one another and getting together once or twice a year, it's important to find that. Very much so. And, and I especially think of those people who have lost loved ones in this last year. It's been, it's been hard. Uh, we came out of the pandemic with a lot of loss of life and that continues in many ways. Um, we, we have lost reading really a good number of priests as well. Uh, and, um, and, and I think that, uh, uh, and, and also three bishops, uh, yeah. two, two retired bishops and then Bishop Kevin Birmingham, who was my secretary and, um, uh, the grieving still goes on, uh, for many of us, including his mother and family. Uh, so it is tough, uh, when those who are with us are, are no longer there and uh, we just look, have to look for ways of coming together to support each other. So we lost my father two weeks ago today. Oh, uh, my sympathies. Uh-huh. Thank you. And, you know, it's, it's been hard. It's been hard to get through. But I think doing it together um, helps. It does, because part of the grieving is you do feel so alone. But uh, the edge of that can be taken off if you uh, uh, look for ways of sol- uh, creating solidarity among yourself. I'm sure there's plenty of things you look forward to this Christmas season. What are some Christmas traditions or even simple things you look forward to within your position in the church? And what is maybe a simpler thing or two you enjoy about the season? Well, you know, I go back to my childhood and I remember that uh, 
on Christmas morning after singing at the 7.30 Mass, uh, which was a uh, Mass in Croatian, uh, we would go and, uh, at least with Croatian music, we would go and do Christmas carols to people who could not come to Mass. And so, and then we would be able to go home and, and have uh, have a nice big breakfast. So that's part of it. Also, the, the special foods, wonderful uh, baked goods, particularly yeah. uh, in the Croatian uh, uh, culture, there is a wonderful um, uh, uh bread called uh, povitica which is a nut bread and in fact one of my sisters made one for me and i uh, i put it in the freezer so that That's i can great. pull it out on christmas day i love that uh, and so i think th- those kinds of memories come to mind um, and i try to stay close to and replicate as much as possible and um, I keep in contact, too, with uh, my large family. We wish each other a Merry Christmas, even though we're separated uh, throughout the whole United States, yeah. from California to Arizona uh, to uh, Kansas and North Carolina and here in, in, uh, in, in, uh, in Chicago. So it's, um, it's, it's, you know, as you get older, you have to look for ways creatively to stay close to people that you're related to. It's very true. We have a, probably the biggest tradition we have is Wigilia, which is mm-hmm. our Polish Christmas Eve. Um, we weren't hosting this year. Now we are. People have uh, the flu and so forth, but that's very traditional, meatless, a lot of pierogi, uh, a lot of shrimp and, fish. and white fish and uh, all kinds of good stuff. So those are things we always look forward yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, we are also in the winter months, you know, it's been mild, thank God, but like seeing homeless on the streets, migrant families, many families struggling with lost jobs, Catholic charities within the archdiocese just does so many great things. Well, and the archdiocese with Catholic charities has done our best to respond to settling people in different places. I'm so glad that now the city is taking our invitation to uh, to use our facilities that we have, schools that no longer are operating. We have that uh, going forward. Uh, but also, I think, uh, to make sure we reach out to people who have individual needs, even if they're, they're settled someplace else. I was at St. Catherine St. Lucie the other day, where a whole group of volunteers from that parish are uh, feeding people, are giving them clothes, shoes, uh, a place where during the day their children can come. Um, also, uh, there's a whole group of people looking at how we can streamline the process for getting them uh, work visas. Uh, I see so many of our parishes have food pantries mm-hmm. that are, are helping. So uh, we, we have to make sure that we tell people that uh, in Chicago, we would never say there's no room in the inn. Well, we appreciate your time today, of course, and uh, from my family, yours, and our WGN family, uh, Merry Christmas to, to you and yours. Well, thanks uh, very much to you, Dave, and uh, for Josh and Emma to be here again. And I want to take this occasion to wish uh, all of your listeners uh, best wishes for uh, a blessed Christmas, uh, for good health and happiness in the new year, and to, to know that uh, uh, as we look for a way in which we stay close to God, that God has taken the first step as uh, we hear in the gospel that he has uh, pitched his tent in our midst. He's the one who takes the first step and the initiative being close to us, and that should give us confidence. Merry Christmas, everyone. Cardinal Blaise Supich, thank you again. Sir. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.